It's time for episode 140 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 8, 2016. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the podcast that always looks forward. I almost said welcome forward to Clockwise, but that would have blown your mind. I'm Jason Snell, and across the internet from me, my co-host is always Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. I, I, you just, my mind is blown, Jason. I, know. I can't take it. Imagine if I had said it. that without the qualifier, you would have been uh, just, uh, Smoke, just a smoking pile of ash. Just a spot on the floor. Uh, this is Clockwise, the podcast where we talk about four technology topics in 30 minutes, like I said at the top before the theme song played, and we are always joined by two fantastic guests to my left. One of the hosts of the Mac Power Users podcast right here on Relay FM. It's Katie Floyd. Hi, welcome back. Hey, gang. Thanks for having me. And to my left, left, it's my brother from another mother and father and co-host <laughs> along with me of The Rebound, along with the host of many other podcasts, Mr. Lex Friedman. Hi, everybody. Lex, how does it feel to own the podcasting market? How does it feel? This this recording session is actually my first foray into podcasting. Interesting. (laughs) Well, we'll talk later about how podcasting works. Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's right. Sure. All right. So uh, since I introduced the show, I will uh, get started with the first of our four topics. Here it is. Yesterday, those crazy kids at T-Mobile gave their customers uh, uh, free Domino's pizza, and even stock offered stock in the company to longtime customers, along with a bunch of other Tuesday freebies, uh, which uh, made me a- want to ask a question about pizza. But I instead decided to ask you, what is the best tech freebie or giveaway that you've ever received? Okay, so I'm, I don't enter a lot of these contests or things like that. So I really not won anything before. So I don't, I don't have a lot of freebies or a lot of giveaways or things that I've received. So I guess you have to enter in, in order to receive, but there is one exception to this. And this is a long, long time ago, back when AOL Instant Messenger was the way that people communicated on the internet. And you had the little ads at the top of AOL Instant Messenger. There was an ad for click here to, if you want to win and for a chance to win an iPod and you could enter once a day. And I think it was Focus Daily the contact lenses that were given away a free iPod. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I had an old one at the time. It was back when the, it was the, the second or the third generation iPod. And man, I clicked that thing every single day. And then one day, many months later, after I'd long forgotten about it, an iPod arrived in the mail with a little letter that said, congratulations, you won. And I was like, wow. wow. So that's that's the best freebie I've ever gotten. Man, uh, I'm trying to think of freebies I've ever actually gotten from a company. The best I can remember is going to Macworld Expo in 1994, I want to say, when it was still here in Boston sometimes. Uh, and there were, you know, the, the booths at that point were all giving stuff out. But in those days, the swag was a little better. So I remember <laughs> I went to the Berkeley Systems booth. And I, uh, they would throw stuff out into the crowd. And because I was still fairly tall for my age at that point, I was taller than most of the people there. So I got like a free T-shirt, a free uh, baseball cap, and a free inflatable flying toaster, which adorned my room for many, many years until it oh. eventually developed a leak. I had one uh, of those. I had, a, I had one of those inflatable flying toasters. I know those were great, weren't they? Yeah, I had the Flying Toaster hat too, which I used to wear playing frisbee games. And I still yeah, have I, that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I, I wore them all down. I mean, that was that was twenty odd years ago now. So I think those are my favorites. Aside from the time a vendor sent me a five pound bag of pistachios for Christmas <laughs> one year. <laughs> 
When I uh, first heard Jason's question, my first thought was a backpack that I got as a speaker at a Macworld Expo once because I still use that backpack all the time. But then when Katie was talking, I got a much better answer in mind. I had a friend who co-founded a, or actually just founded himself a website called AnswerBag. Um, and early on in AnswerBag's career, you know, it was getting bigger and bigger and he decided he was going to start doing video answers so people could post any questions. Kind of like, you know, Yahoo Answers, but predated it. You know, people could post a question and then you could answer not just with text, but with a video. And when he did that, he decided he would have a video contest for the best answers. So somebody had posted the question, what's a TiVo? Um, instead of answering the question with, you know, a TiVo is a DVR and explaining what that is, I made a four minute music video called What's a TiVo wherein I sang at length about TiVo. And TiVo saw it and they liked it, and they sent me a little bit of TiVo swag. They, I was my kid was just born at the time, so they sent me like a bib and stuff that had TiVo logos on it. But then Buy.com started having video contests where they wanted you to send, submit videos that would explain what different tech products were that they sold. So I submitted the same video to them, and uh, a message went to my spam folder, and I barely found it before it was too late for me to claim the prize. But I got a 42 inch flat screen television, a sling box, wow. a router, a laptop, and wow. uh, one other thing I can't even remember. And they just I, like I thought it was it looked like spam. I saw it in the spam floor. Oh, that's spam. Like, I didn't clearly do all those things, and I totally did. Okay, is that video still live on the internet? And if so, can we get a link? Uh, I think, actually, <laughs> I'm checking right now. I think it's lexfriedman.com slash TiVo actually has it. Indeed, it does. Oh, you know wow. what? It, it, it does have the video. It does. Wow. Uh, the charmed life of Lex Friedman, having received <laughs> so many free things. Um, here's, uh, here's mine. So the year is 2000. In the year 2000, in New York City, uh, Steve Jobs is introducing many products at Macworld Expo New York, including uh, the Surefire hit, the Power Mac G4 Cube. And at one point during the event, he says, hey, everybody, um, we're, we heard you about the hockey puck mouse that nobody likes. Well, he might not have put it that way. But we have this awesome new mouse uh, that is uh, shaped sort of oval-like. So you can tell the up from the down and the left from the right. And it's awesome. And the whole thing is a button. And it's got a like a laser. Uh, so it's super accurate. And it's going to change your life. And everybody's like, oh, okay, new mouse. Good. That's good to hear. And he says, and there's one under your seat right now. <laughs> At which point everybody reaches under their seats to find, yep, Apple has taped a, bra- a box with a brand new mouse in it. This brand new Apple product under their seat now this is a great stunt also this is a stunt that could only ever be done once because i'll tell you every single person who goes into an apple event from then on to this very day checks under their seat because you know you never know what might happen they might stick something under there but only the one time it is weirdly how I think every time I sit down on those stupid, like, little gray chairs in, in Moscone, I do. I just instinctively put my hand under there. Nope, nothing under there this year. Nope. It's, it's true. But that was, a, that, was a, that was a good giveaway. I also have a TiVo stuffed animal, by the way. That's, but, you know, I got to go with the mouse. That was good. Steve, Steve Jobs gave me a free mouse. Um, all right, that's one topic down. Katie, what's your topic? So Apple Music is rumored to get a big refresh at WWDC, which is occurring next week. And I am not an Apple Music user, but I was wondering, do you all use Apple Music? Do you use another music streaming service? And if you're not using it, could Apple do anything to Apple Music to reboot it that might change your mind? And if you are using it, what do you think needs to be most changed and what would you like to see? 
Well, as someone who doesn't use Apple Music at all right now, uh, I do think that there there are possibly some things they could do to make it a little more attractive to me. I think it's splitting it off into its I, sort of conversely, like splitting it off into its own app, I feel like is kind of more attractive to me because right now it just interferes with my music experience all the time, and that just gets annoying. Um, I don't know that they're likely to do something like launch a free tier like Spotify does. I think that's unlikely, but that would certainly, you know, that's what I use Spotify right now in the free tier with the ads in it because I just don't feel like paying $10 a month because it's not really worth it for me. Um, But I would certainly use it more if there were a free ad-supported tier just to listen to an album here or there. Uh, And I think maybe, you know... For me, it's a tough sell because music is... I I like music, but I just don't buy that much music or find that much music. So I'm not really sure that there's a one surefire thing that they could do that would really, uh, you know, tip me over the fence there. But I I do feel like maybe making it... uh, Refining the interface a bit and making it a little less annoying might help. You know, I uh, when people talk about the streaming music space, they talk about Apple Music and Pandora and Spotify, and I, I use the other little guys that nobody seemingly ever talks about anymore, which is Rhapsody. I've been a Rhapsody customer now for uh, about a year. Um, I tried the three-month Apple Music trial when it came out. Unfortunately for Apple, it was before the Sonos beta was fully baked, and since we're a Sonos house, that was a, a factor. But I don't know. Once you've built all your playlists and, and spend time favoriting tracks and moving things around, the switching cost to go to Apple Music to get access to basically the same songs just felt too high. I have no complaints about how Rhapsody works. I very much appreciate that it's a standalone app. And if I want to listen to my own music, I can just do that instead. Uh, so I don't know. I signed up for now a year since you get a discount if you prepay for a year at a time with Rhapsody. So it would be very hard for Apple to woo me at this point. Um, I... If they hadn't just laid off that IAD team, I would expect that they would try to consider doing a free tier. But if they did that now, they'd have to hire all those people back again. And that seems like a, a struggle. So I think you're right. No free tier. I, I don't know. I, it, to me, it feels like very much a commodity. And if you can only have kind of the same access to the same songs plus Taylor Swift that everybody else has, then I, I, I don't know. It feels like it's going to be really tough to compete in this space. It's just going to be, you know, what suits your own needs best. I am a uh, Apple Music subscriber, and and I like it. Um, I um, was always skeptical about streaming services because I like to really dive into particular albums and artists and listen to them over and over again. And that's actually a a way uh, that uh, buying music works great because you buy it and then you listen to it a lot uh, rather than sort of just endlessly streaming whatever uh, from all over the place. Because I I really like to to you know get to know stuff that said i have discovered a lot of great music using the apple music playlist so um i'm more of a believer in 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 streaming now than i was because i have discovered so much good stuff since i uh since i started with apple music last summer um i've considered switching to spotify only because my daughter really likes spotify and if i moved uh and paid for a family plan on spotify they're now price uh comparable to apple music um it would be something that would she would use more than she uses Apple Music. She does use Apple Music a bit, but I, I think she would use Spotify more because she uses the free tier already. So I thought about that, but I, I am kind of a believer in 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 streaming now. I think um, Apple Music, the way for Apple to enhance Apple Music is like Dan said. I think the interface could be better, and I kind of want to keep my. Um, my music and uh, the Apple Music stuff a little more separate than perhaps it is now. There are some nice things about having all of my Apple Music stuff in the same library as the music that I own. Uh, but that said, I think I've come around to thinking that it's not worth it because 
um, it, it causes too much confusion about what's in my library and what's in their library. And that's actually one of the reasons I've thought about going to Spotify is that then it's just, it's cl- crystal clear. There's the stuff that's my music that's in the music app. And then there's Spotify with everything else. And I think that might be a better experience after all. Well, thanks, guys. I think you've you've put some good answers to that question. And I kind of feel in the same way. I tried the Apple Music free trial and I had a really, really bad experience with it. I found that it created issues. My, my playlists were having trouble syncing. I actually had a lot of trouble with it. I had so much trouble with it that I turned it off and I tried to get rid of it even before the full three months was up and, and found that I even had difficulty doing that. I've actually gone into the parental controls and into the restrictions and, and tried to deactivate as much of it as I can and have found that that's be a much, much better experience for me. I'm, I, I will preface this with I'm not a huge music person. I, I have my own music and I don't have a ton of music. I, I probably have several thousand tracks, but I, I tend to like to, to buy my stuff and, and buy my own stuff and listen to it over and over again. So maybe that's part of the issue. But I think the big thing that I would like to see is I'd like to see Apple Music be very separate from my music. Leave leave my stuff alone. Let the Apple Music thing be separate. And you know, if they want to do more with a free tier, I'd I'd be happy to kind of listen to it, ad supported. But I guess it's just something that doesn't really interest me. Hmm. All right, so that's uh, two topics down. We've got two more to go. But first, I want to tell you about our halftime sponsor. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Linode, a combination of high performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight different data centers all around the world. It makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in less than a minute and plans start at just $10 a month to have your own virtual server sitting on the internet doing whatever you want it to do. You can choose your resources, choose your Linux distro, choose your node location. Where will your server be based in the world? All from their web-based manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. It's great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting a large database, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and a whole lot more. I use one Linode server in the Dallas data center to run the entire incomparable podcast network and sixcolors.com. So I've got multiple CMSs, like many, many different CMSs. I'm, I'm hosting podcast files and using the data transfer that comes with my server application. It's all backed up. And it's the price, I think I'm paying about 100 bucks a month for, for all of that. It's amazing. It's such a great deal. You too can have a server infrastructure on the internet with Linode. They've got industry-leading native SSD storage. They have access to this speedy 40 gigabit network. It's all the power you need to get your task done, whatever the task. And as a listener to this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, you'll get $20 toward any Linode plan, and there's a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code clockwise20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting Clockwise. All right. Halftime is over. Dan, kick off the second half, if you will. Well, one of the rumors floating around about WWC next week is that there might be some refinements to Apple Pay, including letting you use Apple Pay via Safari to you know shop for stuff on the web and possibly person-to-person payments uh, via iMessage, maybe. Um, my question for you guys is, are you uh, an Apple Pay user already? If not, do any of these features entice you? Or is there something else missing that would really sort of push you over the edge? Excluding, of course, the uh, the idea of more more vendors taking it, because I think we, we would all appreciate that. I'm sorry. Sorry. I took my I answer. Out. I took it out right out from under you. Lex, I'm going to make you work for this. 
I am an Apple Pay user. However, I go almost nowhere that accepts Apple Pay. The, all, all, the only places I use Apple Pay are the occasional soda vending machine that takes Apple Pay. If I see one, I almost always get a soda just so I can have the fun of using Apple Pay. I use it at the Apple Store, and I use it at Walgreens. And I've been to Walgreens like once in the past year. So I think I've used Apple Pay a total of five or six times ever in my life. Um, I... I don't know. Like I already feel close to using Apple Pay on the web because in my experience, if the thing has my credit card info there already, that that that's that's what Apple Pay gets done for me now. So the fact that I, you know, Safari auto completes my credit card stuff for me and gets it done, that I don't know that true Apple Pay web integration will make it feel like it's any further for me. I don't mind Apple not necessarily knowing every single purchase that I make, which I feel like Apple Pay would maybe give them some info into. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I, I do person-to-person payments um, a decent amount of the time from you know paying people back or whatever. And uh, I... I use PayPal, which everybody uses and hates. I use Venmo, which everybody uses and likes. But then you deal with people who are like, I have no idea what a Venmo is. So yeah, if there's another way that I can send people money, I'm happy to do that too. But I just, Dan, I don't know if you know this, but I would like to see Apple Pay accepted in more places. Am I allowed mm, to say that? Tell, tell me more. Uh, when Lex says uh, people don't know what a Venmo is, he means me. He actually, I sat in Lex's uh, kitchen and he he explained how I could sign up for Venmo I so that, that he could give me money because, or I could give him money. I forget. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know what the Venmo is. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll walk you through it. Um, hey, any way that it makes it easier, uh, more convenient for me to buy stuff, especially <laughs> on my uh, mobile device, I think... Uh, I think that's great because uh, right now I I don't you know I, I don't love the experience. You're like, did I did I get everything in there? Did I get the uh, you know best practices wise? They're not supposed to put your security code in there, which and I don't remember my security code, so it's really inconvenient right now. So making that easier, I think that sounds great. But I'm also with Lex. I would really rather just keep using Apple Pay in the physical world more in more places than I do now. That because I really love that aspect of it way more than this other aspect of it, which is just buying things online. The buying things online thing is fine. Um, I don't mind it, and I think it would cut down on fraud, which would be great. Um, so I'm I'm up for that. But I, I'm I'm like Lex. I'm also really interested in them expanding in the real world more. Okay, so here's the big thing about Apple Pay that's that's huge for me. Not just the convenience, which yes, more places immediately, please, but the fraud protection and the security features. Because my understanding is that when you pay with Apple Pay, the vendor is not necessarily getting your real credit card number. It's being a new number that's being generated, so your actual credit card number is secure. And if something happens and that vendor gets compromised, you know that that information that is compromised then becomes useless. At least is my understanding of of how Apple Pay works. And so I would feel much more secure. About about paying on on websites and paying at physical locations with Apple Pay than I would with other things. So prime example, right now I can use Apple Pay on the Apple Online Store. I'm much more likely to pay with my debit card, which I would prefer to do because then I don't have to worry about, you know, raising balances on my credit card and having to to worry about that. I just know the money's in my account. It's been paid. It's been taken care of. I don't have to think about it. Um, But I'm not going to put my debit card on somebody's website just because then I've got all kinds of issues if that gets compromised. So I want to see Apple Pay in more places. I want to see it taken on the web just because I don't want these websites to have my credit card information because they store it for my convenience. And then when they get hacked and something happens, that's not convenient to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of these things as to the advantages of it, and I I certainly would like to see it in more places. Obviously, I think doing you know in, enabling it for online purchases is actually a pretty nice system because it, it sort of standardizes things. Like, oh, you can play with your fingerprint no matter where you are. Um, I I think that 
person-to-person transfers is potentially really big. I'm sure Square wouldn't be too happy about that, but I think that it, you know having that ability built right in would certainly simplify some things. Um, but yeah, the the overall things are that Apple Pay is, I think, a great system and deserves to be used more. And I'm glad that Apple will at least put a little more effort into it and try to develop more ways to entice people to use it, whether it's in physical, online um, locations or what have you. So thanks for your thoughts on that. Lex, do you have a topic for us? I do. Hey, great. Woo. And I'm going to make challenges too, just like Dan wouldn't let you talk about wanting to see it accepted in more places. So none of us did. We <laughs> just ignore it. If you had if you had to pick one new feature, just one, that would make iOS 10 be like, yes, I must install. I mean, we're all going to install iOS 10 the first day we can anyway. But if you, if there was one feature that they could add that would be like iOS 10 is a no-brainer for me and everybody else, what would it be? What's the one feature that could dramatically improve your iOS experience? For me, it is about the keyboard and especially support for external keyboards. I want more control, even more control when I use my iPad with an external keyboard. Um, and the biggest frustration I have is that I always rely on autocorrect and auto capitalization when I'm using the software keyboard and I don't yes. want to use it when I'm using a hardware keyboard. And right now that's a global setting. So I want individual settings that let me change how the hardware keyboard behaves from the software keyboard. So I can very quickly switch from using a hardware keyboard back to just carrying my iPad around and not start typing things that make me look like Gambit from the X-Men completely illiterate. <laughs> Katie? It not it not so, you, Jason. <laughs> so I, I have had a growing problem with spam phone calls. I, you know, and it seems like any time that I get a phone call from out of my area code uh, you know, it it seems like it's just spam. It's an automated dialer who wants to congratulate me because I've won something or I've got a special offer or I just need to take a quick survey. And Apple introduced a feature, I, I don't remember if it was OS, I think it was iOS 9, where it, it would be able to identify, even if you didn't have someone in your contacts, it would pull their contact information out, you know, like if you had emailed with them or corresponded with them. And I would love to see a similar feature where they could tap some kind of database of all of these spam phone numbers, because there's got there's got to be a database out there. And I've even seen some third party apps that will will claim to do this. But I'm so tired of answering the phone because it's a spam phone call. But you know, so few people have my phone number and I get so few spam calls. You know, or I'm sorry, so few legitimate calls. I kind of, I kind of hate to start screening them too because the one time I did screen an out of the area phone call, it was a really important thing that I, you know, should have picked up. And you know, I don't know what to do about that, but that'd be nice. Yeah, uh, I agree in some ways that the phone app is really retro for for a such a smartphone. Um, I think the biggest thing that would make a difference for me is I would really like to see them take another look at the lock screen and home screen and offer some more customization. Uh, because I feel like right now those places just end up being largely way stations you get through to get someplace useful. And it strikes me as, well, wouldn't it be useful if I had the ability to get some more information without having to unlock my phone and open an app? So I'd love to see something a la the complications on the Apple Watch, on the uh, on the iOS on, for the home screen uh, and the lock screen. And just be able to sort of more yeah, get more use out of those screens, which I see so much time, you know, I spend so much time interacting with. 
Um, I can see that Apple might not want to do that because they feel like it would eat into people wanting to buy the watch. But let's face it, not everyone's going to buy the watch. So why not just make that an option on there? Uh, it's the one thing I often find myself casting a jealous eye towards my friends who use Android for. Is it like, oh, man, you can really do a lot of stuff with that real estate on there. I know I know I've got a great wallpaper here, but I feel <laughs> like maybe having having some more information there would actually be kind of handy and live up to the idea of a smartphone. It's, I cast jealous eyes to my Android using friends because I wish that I were so easily satisfied. Anyway, uh, so um, <laughs> you will never be satisfied, Lex. That's true. The the so I, I I'm glad Jason mentioned the keyboard stuff, so I don't have to stress about it. But I think that I would like to see and expect to see multitasking take the next leap on the iPad Pro series of devices. Um, you know, right now I use my iPad Pro for work a lot, and I would say that. 40% of the time, I'm surprised by what happens when I switch between apps. I, I never know when I switch between apps, hey, is it going to come on the left side or is it come on the right side? Is it going to take over the whole screen because it's an app that doesn't support oh, multitasking? It's just a, it's a, it's the opposite of choose your own adventure. It's like, I know I want this app, but I have no idea where it will go. So it's, I mean, it's fun to get surprised all day, but it's, it's not, it's not the, work experience I want on my iPad. So I would like to see, you know, that ridiculous vertically scrolling sidebar of unsorted <laughs> apps usable, searchable. Let me have a dock over there too, since it's mostly, mostly the same six apps I want over and over again. I'd like apps to behave a little bit better while multitasking. And uh, I think you should be able to just choose, hey, I'm going to drag from the left side of the screen to put a new app over there. I'm going to drag from the right side of the screen to put a new app over there. It's it's close. And the, obviously, it's all bolted on, like I know people have talked about on tech podcasts since time began. But I would really like to see them take it to the next level with a major jump. Not a not an incremental step, but a significant jump, a leap into better multitasking. Yeah, I I find that there are a lot of uh, apps that I, I like to use in pairs. And right now you can, you know, you can't do that either. You can't say, look, yeah. when, when this one is on the left, this one is always on the right. It's like, nope, can't do that. Sorry. Yeah. You really want messages over there, right? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> well, amen to all of those suggestions. Here's hoping we get a glimmer of all of that uh, at Apple's developer conference next week. We should uh, also mention that we will be, Dan will be in San Francisco next week. We will do a special clockwise probably on the Tuesday, actually, the day after the event. Uh, and so look for that next week. Uh, but we do have a little bit of time left. So I want to ask everybody our bonus topic. Uh, there are, I, I realize there are not enough questions asked about clocks on clockwise. So I'm asking a clock question. What time is your alarm set for in the morning if you have one? And if you don't, tell me about that and do you uh, use the snooze button or something like that or do you actually get up when your alarm goes off katie uh i'm more of a morning person my my alarm is set for six because i find i do my best work in the morning if i can go ahead and get up and get a few things done but i'm usually up before that and if i'm not up by six and it's actually my alarm that ends up set, waking me up then usually i do use the snooze button a couple of times i, I must say hmm. Uh, I'm kind of old school in that I have a clock radio, which was actually a thing I reviewed many years ago, but it's set for 8.25 a.m., although in the summer I wake up much earlier than that uh, because the light through the windows, but mm. it's the radio. Like, I have the radio come on because I like to listen to the news in the morning when I wake up. Lex? I, uh, I never set an alarm unless I'm traveling. Uh, my kids are a good enough alarm for me, and I wake up on my own anyway. Uh, if I do set an alarm, I use my iPhone, and I have never once in my life used snooze. Uh, I am actually similar to Lex in that uh, I've been using my uh, Apple Watch as the clock by my bedside, and I, and I actually did use it as, a, as an alarm, and I use it as an alarm when I'm traveling now instead of my, uh, instead of my, my phone. Um, but because we got a dog last September, 
the dog wakes me up before the kids even have a chance to wake me up. The dog wakes me up because the dog goes, Oh, Hey, it's morning. You should feed me now at, uh, <laughs> probably. So, so the dog alarm goes off around six thirty, six forty-five every morning. I don't have to set her. She just goes off and, uh, I can't snooze her really. Because I have to feed her in order to snooze her, and then I'm up. So that's how it works. So I recommend if you're having t- trouble getting up, uh, maybe get a dog because they're really annoying in the morning. So I love her otherwise, but mm-mm. anyway, thank you all for your answers. And uh, I think we've reached the end. Dan, we made it. We did it. Another successful show in the books. Yep, nobody died or anything. Katie Floyd, thank you so much for being on <laughs> yes, Clockwise. Yes, it's not over yet. Yes, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Lex Friedman, thank you so much for surviving another episode of Clockwise. I feel like this podcasting thing has some legs, Dan. (laughs) It's good to hear. (laughs) What a relief. All right. We will uh, see you uh, next week from San Francisco for WWDC. But until then, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.